thank you for coming on. Thank you. I totally appreciate that the whole country has gone Tom Skinner mad. You must be getting chased down, hunted down, left, right and centre, because every time I put on a telly, a different channel, a different social media page, there you are, Tom Skinner. And then the last post I saw, which was only three or four days ago, was you promoting your new book, which is Tom Skinner, Graft, How to Smash Life. And I thought, what a blinding topic to discuss on a podcast, How to Smash Life, because there's people out there that, people have got so much potential if they had belief in themselves, and you're not lacking any belief. And look what you've done. Obviously, you've got to have the skills to pay the bills, but inner belief goes a hell of a long way. I think a network is extremely important, but you can only really build a network if you put yourself out there and you build yourself up. So I want to know how you've smashed life, because as it sits, stands right now, you are killing it. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful to see. And I look at you as you're the go you're the go-to role model for young lads, in my opinion, at the moment. You're polite, you're hardworking, you promote. I mean, your book, in case you missed it, is called Graft. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 book ain't called Sit on Your Arse All yeah. Day, Eat Pringles and Play PlayStation and Masturbate. That is called Graft. That's the second book. Yeah, that's in the making. So just tell me what inspires you to get up every single day and work like a maniac. Start with that one. I think that I've always been, I've never had a job. I've always worked for myself. I've always grafted on my own. And, and I've always enjoyed what I've done, but I've always wanted to do better in life. Now, I've been up and down a thousand times in my life. I've had times I'm, you know, got a nice car, got a few quid, doing all right, got loads of stock around me. Yeah, I've been back to square one, moved back in, learning to put out food on my mum's floor in a two up, two down with no money in the bank, no van, no stock, and not knowing how to, how to, how to go forward. And I've always looked at the positives of, of, of life. You never ever see me like down or upset. And I've always been that, personally my circle of mates and family and friends that I just keep on going I don't stop you won't ever see me stop I will not go home until I'm proud like that is fact rule number one like and I've always wanted to be successful and I've and I've always come up against obstacles I was dyslexia I got expelled from school when I was a kid you know like I've I've, I've been nicked when I was younger I've, I've gone always down quite not quite got there and flopped not quite got there and flopped and and I keep getting up. And I think now I'm in a situation in my life where I'm doing all right. You know, I ain't got to worry about getting up in the morning. I ain't got to worry about my bills getting paid because I've built it up to that, yeah? But that still don't mean I'm going to stop. I'm going to carry on. And I think what I've learned is when you overcome fear, because everything you've ever dreamt of is the other side of fear, facts, yeah? And when you overcome fear and you believe in yourself, anything is fucking possible. Like it is. It is. Anything you've ever dreamt of is in reach. You just got to believe in yourself and push yourself because so many people out there feel like they can't do it. They're struggling. Listen, we're all struggling. There's always tough times, yeah? There's always sand going on. There's always an argument. There's always a problem. But if you give up, you might, or you don't even try, you might not never know. You know what I mean? And I've always just gone and give you 110%. 
kept on moving forward and I finally got there, but it was tough on the way up. Do you know what I mean? Where do you think that inner belief came from? Because, you know, when you see like a pop idol audition and a guy walks on the stage and he's got so much belief, he thinks he's Pavarotti, but he cannot sing a note. Got to set aside, there, there are people that are, that are deluded in the world. Of course. They think they can sing and act and dance, and but they just can't, and they should really be playing to their strengths in other areas. But you're not deluded whatsoever. My, my brain ain't normal. <laughs> like, I ain't, I ain't not, no, when I say I ain't normal, like, I always do things, yeah, I do everything you can possibly do wrong before you do it right. I make a million mistakes before I go forward. And and I just don't give up, keep going, keep going. Like the old saying, you throw enough shit at the wall, some of them stick. That's me, basically. Like, I've done everything, you know what? I've, I mean, I've sold, there ain't a commodity I haven't sold. There ain't there ain't a thing I haven't tried doing. I, I've tried everything and I've failed so many times, but out of them, you find a few little golden nuggets that turn into successes. Was there a point in your life where you either flipped a deal or you was up against the ropes and managed to bounce back in the centre of the ring and it, you had that light bulb moment where you thought, ah, if I, if I duplicate that and keep moving forward, was there a, a, a pivotal moment in your life where that inner self-belief kicked in? Or do you think it's just you were born with it and it's intrinsic? I think, um, I mean, like there's so many little bits and pieces I've been up to over the years. Like I met this... Uh, one one little business thing that I'd done years ago, right, was I met this guy who was selling his electric keys, yeah, and literally you put them in someone's meter and they give them 50 quid electric. <laughs> and I met him and he was telling me about this key and, and uh, I was only a kid and I bought it off him for a couple of grand. And I bought this electric key. And I went with my mate Sammy, I went and got some high-visies high, high, high made up I went and got a clipboard <clears throat> and I went around the key and I was knocking on the door saying, hi, we're from the electric board. Like, we've got a promotion that we're going to give you 50 pounds of electric for a tenner. It was going in, boom, boom. Like, and we just... <laughs> was this one of those times you got in trouble with the police? Of course, but like, we'd done it and it, it was a little bit like Robin Hood because everyone was getting free electric. Mm. <laughs> and as, I was doing a bit of a favour and I was the one that got, that got done for it. I, I mean, look, I've tried a billion things in my life um, to get to where I've got to. Like... But when I was younger, for that example, I would do anything, you know, like any little, any little thing I could think of, wouldn't think about the law or if I was doing the right thing. I'd just go, wow, I can nick a few quid, I can do that, I can crack on with this. And I'd done everything that way. It was only until I met my wife, really, when I thought, enough's enough now, I want to snuckle down, I want to crack on, I want to, you know, I want to build a family, build a life. And, and, and it wasn't just me I was looking out for. It wasn't, it was just, I, I wanted the bigger picture. And I think when I met my wife, I was like, right, that's it now, Tom. Come on, you've been a boy for these a load of years. Like you've been ducking and diving, getting up to no good, nicking a few quid, rich one minute, skin the next. Like, let's come on, let's go and do something properly. And that's when I got my head down and Sinead Bess, I bought this pillow, like this mad temper, whatever it was, pillow, I can't remember, cloud pillow, 90 odd quid. And I was like, how the fuck can a cloud pillow be 90 odd quid? And I remember cutting it open, taking it to a manufacturer's, copying it, making it for about 11 quid, eight or nine or 11 quid with a vat and selling it. And I've got a little wrap, like, and done something properly without doing something the wrong way. 
So before, was that, that's Bosch pillows? That was, yeah, B Bosch beds and the Fluffy Pillar Company. That these That's it, the Fluffy Pillar Company. <laughs> so the Pillar Company become, come before yeah. the mattress. Yeah. Okay, so let me just quickly, go. I, I know that you've said this before on podcasts, so what I don't want to do is repeat what you've said before and what, people oh, yeah, have, yeah. and what people have already heard, but just to touch base, to just get people up to speed in case they haven't watched you on James English or any of the others you've done. Having dyslexia at school, I mean, it clearly hasn't affected you in your, in your latter life, but did having dyslexia at school, because there's now all sorts of tags in there, ADHD, OCD. Course. Uh, everyone's on the spectrum nowadays. I've probably, I've probably got all of them. Yeah, same. I've probably got all of them, but like... like how, how did it affect you at school? Well, it, it affected me because I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. And I didn't, underst and I didn't understand being told no. And I didn't understand that I was behind in class. Like, we'd have an English class and we'd have to write out Sent this sailor to write, the man walked down the road with his cat, yeah? Mm. I put, the man rode cat. Miss out all the other bits and pieces. But in my little brain, I thought I'd rip the whole thing. Mm. My brain works quicker than me hand, basically. Yeah. And um, remember, I, would, I think I was like late primary school, I started secondary school. They, they said to my mum, look, we've, we think he's, he's got a problem. <laughs> this like, is secondary school? Yeah, I might have been primary school then, primary school, I can't really remember. I probably was primary school. And I went, I went to a place in Ilford, done, done a test, and I was like, yeah, he's dyslexic. Like, and um, it never really affected me too much at school because it didn't really let things affect me. But I was like given a bit extra time in, in tests and, and, and things like that. But like, I never really understood, I didn't really thought it meant anything. Only until I've got older, mm. I've understood it more. Do you know what I mean? Just because I can't read as quick as someone, I have to get a ruler underneath the words. And I can't spell nothing. Like you see half my tweets, it's all spelt wrong. Like they are, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't tell the difference between there, there, and there. Like I just can't. I don't know what one's what. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it ain't. It, 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 it was hard to pick up what you're doing, what you're doing, because I didn't really understand dyslexia as much back then as what I do now. I just thought I was simple, you know. Like, but it didn't. It didn't hold you back. You just got extra tuition. Didn't hold me back. Didn't hold me back at all. I just got a little bit extra. I mean, but. But with school, I mean, I got expelled. I got expelled from school and, and started working from from a young age. You know what I mean? So it didn't really affect me too much. It just found things a bit more difficult that my friends found easy. You know? Mm. Did you feel? Did you feel slightly inadequate compared to your friends if you was aware of it? No. Nah, what 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 I always remember at school was I weren't really interested in school. Like I wanted to, I'd go down a pub and see my dad and his mates, like all like buying and selling things at the bar, going out on golf days and like going up West Ham and and I think I want a bit of that. They'd be working the markets, nicking a few quid, and I think I'm sitting here learning like reading, like doing RE, reading the Bible. I don't really understand which, what we're going on about. We're doing geography. I don't really care. Like I'm, I know it sounds terrible, but I don't really care about what grass grows longer in what part of the country. Mm. I want to go and earn readies. That was literally my fire in my belly. Like, I want to be out. Like, and from a kid, I was always buying and selling things. I like, loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. What did you get expelled from school for? Uh, bit of a funny story. So I, was, I got expelled being an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, went to my dad. Now, my mate Warren, his mum always give me five days, give me five a day to go to school with. Now, at this time, I had a paper round. I was setting up market stalls on the market and I was working in my dad's friend's barber shop on Saturdays, sweeping up there. So I was nicking a few quid as a kid, but I weren't, <clears throat> I weren't, it weren't enough. It weren't enough, let's say, you know? 
And I went to my dad, I went, Dad, how comes Warren gets a fiver a day to go and get a bagel, yeah? I said, no, I'm doing all these jobs, you never give me a fiver a day. He said, because, mate, what it is, you graft for your bit of readings. Now, my dad used to charge me £100 a week house rent when I was a kid, yeah? £100 a week. I used, hell, I used to earn about 110 With all the jobs I've done, I used to get 50 quid from the barbers, you used to get about 35 quid for all the stall during the week, and another 30 quid from, 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 the, uh, from the paper rounds. Now, all the money I earn, I'd have like £20 left out because my dad just charged me 100 quid. But when I got to 17, he saved that money up for me and we got a car with it, which is a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, fair play. Yeah, but, he did, but I never knew that. I never knew he was putting it away for me. I just thought, fuck it, he's a liberty town and one a week off me. Yeah, so, okay, so from school, but, you, 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 sorry, go on, what are you going to say? Well, I know, so, so, so how I got expelled. So basically, yeah. So I went to my dad, I need a five a day, I need a five a day. Anyway, she look, he said, he said, if you're not earning enough money, he said, I'll find something for you to do. So I went, oh, thanks, Dad. No, Dad knew everyone. He, he, all his mates like, could get bits and pieces. So I come home, I think it was football training or rugby. I had some sort of training. It was, it was, uh, I remember it was quite cold, and I come indoors, and my dad and my uncle Alan, he's, he, he's, he's, uh, he's one of his good pals, was sitting in the front room, pissed out their heads, had a good day out, been drinking all day. And in the middle of the front room was a big suitcase, big black suitcase. And, and I walked in, all right, Dad. But I think I found it. I think I found what to earn you some money from. Mm. Well, I really, he went open up that suitcase. Now I've opened it up and it is full to the brim of porno pirate DVDs, all them little plastic wallets. And I was about 14 at the time. And he was like, all oh, your mates gonna love them, mate. Now what you do is you go three pound each, two for a fiver. And everyone you sell, you give me one pound back. Well, no, I no problem. So next day I took the suitcase into school, chucked it in my locker. Palm of them sweets repeating me. Um, <laughs> filled up the JD sports bag with all the DVDs, going around. Teachers were buying them, kids were buying them. I think I took like 200 pounds on my first day. It was unbelievable, yeah? Which is easy. Give me daddy 60 quid back or whatever it was. Day two, same again. Day three. Everyone was coming to me. Oh, you got the porn nose, you got this, you got that. Bang, 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 bang. Then on the um, on one of the next days, my, my JD bag had seemed like better days. Like it was getting a bit tatty. I was in the corner where all the points of the little cases started to split it. And I'm in and I'm in the lunch hall and I'm leaning over and I'm picking out what I want to eat. And as I'm picking out, I don't know how this is happening, probably too many porn in the bag, but the bag is split and like an assortium of like German fucking porn, <laughs> German porn or whatever it was has gone shoom all over the lunch hall floor. I've gone oh, like that. There's a geography teacher didn't really like me and he comes straight over and went, what are these? And I said, well, come on, so they're pornos. Like, don't be stupid. And I got, he come back to his office and I had to get sent to the headmaster's office and I remember sitting there and the headmaster was like, I'm going to ring your father. And I was, I was like, oh, no, ring me, ring me mum. Thinking it's better for you, mate, not for me. It's better for you if my mum comes. Because I could imagine my dad coming up, screaming, shouting and going mad. But he went, I'm going to make an example of you. He ran me dad and my dad turned up about half hour later and he's sitting there and then my dad come in, he went, look, mate, I'm really sorry, it's, it's wrong. What's happened is wrong, it's my fault. So I see a friend in the pub, he's had a load, a load of DVDs for sale. So I bought the suitcase, I give them to Tom to teach him how to buy and sell to his little mates. He said, like, I didn't think nothing of it. I just want to try and earn his own bit of money. And the end master went, well, they're pirate porno DVDs. Like, they're illegal. They're counterfeit, they're illegal. My dad went, I know, he said, but he's only 14, like, and it's I top and I <laughs> I've told him to do it. Like, he's he's just earned himself a bit of money. And then my yeah. like, so he's he's earning he said, Well, yeah, because he's got to learn how to buy and sell, hasn't he? Mm. 
And the Imams just started looking at me, Dad, and then he went, he went, well, I have to ring the police. And my dad just lost his temper. He got the right time with it. He said, well, any of my dad said, keep the pole nose. And there was a little bit of a ruckus in the, uh, in the headmaster's office. And that was my last day of school. Your, your, your old man took being wrong and strong to a new level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't missing about. And uh, that was my last day of school. So after that, went to work, ended up in the market, built myself up, done a bit of work with my dad. And so, you, so, you, so that was the only school that you got expelled from. Yeah. So you went all the way through school, uh, battled with dyslexia, but you was interested in making money. And then your old man at 14 was like, here's a load of blue, blue movies, go and sell them. And you got caught doing that and then you was expelled and that was, that was school done. That was school done. Now, I, I, was, I was at a good school and I, and I was allowed to go back to do my GCCs the 18 months later, whenever it was. But, I, but I, for, the, for the whole time from 14, I was back at home, I was working with my dad, I was in the warehouse and I come back, I've done my GCSEs, got a couple of GCSEs under my belt. Not great ones, but I got them. And then went at work. And I've just been a grafting ever since. If you could turn back time, when you was caught with them porno DVDs, and they said, right, headmaster's office, we're going to get your dad in there. You're in big trouble. You're going to get expelled. You could turn back time. I'd have made him ring me mum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or would you say, look, if we can keep this to I'll do you a deal. You can have three of them. For a jacks, <laughs> he probably fucking kept him anyway. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. So that's school done. And, 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 and I, I, I've, I sort of I, where I've seen and seen your podcast, I, I sort of know about the school years. But we had to we had to touch base on that because getting expelled for selling porno DVDs is epic, isn't it? It's hilarious. It's totally outrageous. And the fact that you, the fact that your dad's come in and sort of tried to defend it, he's only fourteen. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. That's the problem. So from there, so from 14, you've left school. Because now I want to, I want, I now want to get into the graft. Yeah, yeah. Because this is what makes the man. This is what separates you from the rest. So how old was you when you got your first job and what was it? Well, I didn't really have a job. I never really had a job. I used to, I used to do a bit for my dad and my dad would put in, uh, DVDs, funny enough, again, <laughs> into sweet shops around around East London and Essex. And you go back at the end of the week and collect the money for ones that sold. And he had like, had like a little, probably a few hundred shops that was going in there, putting them on the top shelves. And they'd come back and they'd collect the money. Him and his mates, they were doing, doing quite well out of it. And I had a job of literally, with white spirits, wiping their cases and getting off the, the prices and then putting on new price stickers. And I lasted about a week of doing that until I thought, I ain't doing this no more. This is nonsense. And uh, then I started buying and selling a few bits. I had a few jobs down the market. And then I started going on to wanting my own stall. And when I got my own stall, I would sell whatever I got my hands on. Like, and, I, and when I first started, I wasn't really a good market trader. I didn't really know what I was doing. Did somebody introduce you to the market? So I, I, done, I, done I done a bit on, on, on like, um, like underwear and sock stall, yeah, learning. But I weren't there to work for someone else. I wanted my own thing. Do you know what I mean? And I started pushing myself and doing and doing like stalls with whatever I could get my hands on. Now, back then, I didn't really know what to buy stock-wise or what to sell. It was all a learning curve. Like one week I'd go on the market and I would have a bit of stock and I couldn't sell it and I'd have no money and I didn't know what I was doing. Then the following week I'd, I'd buy something, could have a good line crack on and start pushing it and doing well. And, and, I, and it was only really until I sort of understood that it didn't really matter what you had to sell. 
if it sounds mad, but you needed to have a good flash, a good display and make people like you and people will buy from you. Like, that sounds mad wang me at the time. Like, people go to market to buy, to buy things they want. Yeah, they do, yeah. But what I learned, this is where I always sort of stood out a little bit, was if it looks good, sounds good, feels good, and you make people feel good, they buy it. Don't matter what the product is. Like, and, and that's where I sort of get my little talking and buzziness from, because I go, come on, you lovely people. Hello, you ugly, ugly people. It's just, and just people laughing. And, <laughs> and then I just learned that. Brightening up their days. Yeah. But, All right, and, then, and then, yeah, yeah. But listen, I'm cool. Oh, look at you. You've got, you've just looked in the mirror. They're just having a laugh with people. You know, I used to sell passion roll them up, throw them around women's heads and pull them in. They go, what's that, it? That looks lovely on you, tie up. Only a five, a job done. You know, like they were just always having a laugh on there and, and having a joke and, and, and being friendly. And I've learned that, that the more you, the more people like you and the more people get on with you, the more they'll trust you, the more they'll buy from you. And, and like just being friendly and being honest and it just worked. Do you know what I mean? It just worked in the markets. And then... So how old was you when you was first doing this? 17, 18. So 14 expelled, then was wiping off the... And they were still pulling do, yeah, up... Do, yeah, doing that. I was, um, I, was, I was doing all sorts. Then. I was, but what made you think, I want to do the markets? Did someone introduce you to that? Or did no, you I, was, I was already setting up stalls from like... 14 years old and I was working on like underwear stalls like for days for days money for, like, from, for all different stall holders so what happened is I'd go and set up the stalls in the morning yeah and then I'd go like you got any work today and I'd go yeah I'll tell you what we could have it today on Friday if it's busy do you want 40 quid and I'd go yeah go on I'll have that I'll have that do you know what I mean and I wasn't really setting a proper role I sort of was just working for the stall here working for the stall there having bits and pieces it wasn't until I passed my driving license where I got a van obviously when I was 17 and I could put my own stock in the back and then go to work properly for myself. And was this all Romford based? Yeah, Romford, Dagenham, Chris Street, like really all around Essex and the East End. And was it was it you going to market stalls that got you into the whole idea of doing, yeah. a, doing a market? I love the buzz of the market. Mm. Like, you don't see it nowadays. Nah, yeah. it's a shame. You know what I mean. So much character in them. Ah, uh, it's... You, like in the 90s when I was a kid and walk down the market there'd be people shoulder to shoulder mm. people screaming the meat man screaming the toy man screaming the buzz in the market was different glass now they're in demise because you've got Amazon you can go on your phone mm. you can get a, a, a roll of bin bags some dusters and more sweets delivered in not two hours how can they compete? You've got to have personality to compete, in you? That's it. You don't get you don't get Tom Skinner's on Amazon. You don't. So, so you've got to really up your game, haven't you? Really? You got you got you got to up your game. You got to graft hard and you got to push it. You know what I mean? Mm. So, how many years were you doing the markets for? Forever. For, like, for, for, for yeah, like literally, I've done it since then till till now. Still, I mean, like, still love it. I still do them now. Like, and even like now, it's not about the money now. It's because I, it's in my blood. And I can't stop doing it. And I love earning money. And I love that thrill. There's something about when you're on a market that market traders only understand, yeah? Because unless you worked it first day and you understand it, it's saying about waking up three in the morning, going there in your van and spending an hour, two hours, sitting on your stock up, making it nice, getting your signs, making your flash unbelievable. And then it's that, Obviously, I haven't got it now, but it's that want and that need to sell and push and keep going because you, you needed it. You needed to help so you can buy more stock for next week. 
you got to make sure you got your pitch money, your staff money. Do you know what I mean? Your diesel money, like. And it was the it was the buzz. I used to love the buzz of the market. It's because it's a Saturday. The sun is shining. It's busy. You know you're going to do well. And and you'd, you'd you'd put your turn over a couple of milk crates and stand on them and make yourself loud and make yourself seen. And you'd really push yourself. And it was the chase. And you get a crowd. And once you got a crowd, you'd be nonstop bang 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 bang. And it's just. It's that buzz, that feel, that smell, the smell of the burger van. Everything about it is unbelievable. So it's a bit like being a football fan and you wait all week to go and watch a football yeah. team play. You get the anticipation yeah. of the build-up and you're, you're planning, you're, you're buying you're a bit it all of stock. Out. Like, there's nothing, there's, there's no school like going to the market if you want to learn how to trade. Mm. Like, if you, like, I've sat in, now I've sat in boardrooms with some of the biggest businessmen in the country. I've done massive deals now that I would never have been able to do if I hadn't done the markets, mm. if I hadn't stood there and angled over 50p front. No, do you know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's what? F 50p, 50 pounds, 50 grand. It's like, you still got to get a deal course, somewhere, isn't you? Of course, of course. Mm, and if you're not, if you don't feel intimidated by figures, it don't really matter what the figure is. You're just talking business, isn't you? Yeah, 100%. Psychology, sales, being likable. 100%. Just make someone like you, have a good, have a good flash, make people smile, You'll do well. So your flash is your display. Yeah. That's your shop front window. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would I would never have known what that what that was called. And be fucking loud. And have you got a few a few favourite catchphrases? Um, good morning, you lovely people. Yeah, I love that. Whenever I scroll on your social media, I can be scrolling and I'll just hear it come up. It's like, ah, oh, there's Tom again. What's, what's, he gonna, what's he gonna say? How's he gonna G everybody up to date? Yeah, always gone. Good morning, you lovely people. It's a sale day today. It's all our price, but twice as nice. Have a look, have a look. And uh, what was the other one? Have a look on Google. The prices don't lie. Not like my ex-missies. Have a look on Google. We're cheaper than Google. <laughs> did you do Did you do bits with Jason Mariner? No, no, I didn't do bits. I used to, um, so I used to work on a stall called, uh, sort of Michael Bob in the market, yeah? And I used to work on the same market as him. Because he's lovely, and isn't he? He's a lovely boat, I Jason. I love Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really so, do. So he had, he had a stall down one night, and I used to go and see him up there. He's a lovely boat, Jason. Do you know what I mean? He's got great lyrics, isn't he? He's got great patter. I can sit well. I can imagine he, he was brilliant as well. When I was first starting the market, I'd see him down there and watch him, but like, he knows how to sell and get some tips off him. Do you know what I mean? He's very good. He's very likable. Uh, he's misunderstood in, in the media. Without fail, every Sunday, me and him will talk on the phone. Mm. It's normally about what we're eating. We love our lamb. But yeah, he's lovely, he's caring, he's considerate, and he always wishes well for other people. Yeah. And that's what I like about him. And that's, A, what I noticed about you, and what I noticed the world needs, more, more of that. So it's no surprise that you're going to do well having your own stall. Because it's like having your own, it's your own, it's your own show, really, isn't it? And the products, yeah. the products are a bonus. Yeah, I think, I think like the, the markets just teach you life. Pantomime. Yeah, it's pantomime. Every mate, what what I've learned as well since I've been doing telework and all these bits. Life is one big show. Mm. It's open shout the loudest. Like, uh, it's mate, it's crazy. Like, it's even like when I when I watch the news. Yeah, I'm learning this. Everything you see, read, touch, and feel in the media is is not true. It's a show. It's all a show. It's all a show. It's crazy. And did you have any idea before? So from the from the market stalls, you've been you've been in and out of it. What was your first 
proper business in because you'd not worked for anybody ever. Yeah. So you got into the market stalls and from there, what was your first business? Probably my pillow round. Um, obviously, so like, uh, earlier on, I, I, my wife bought one, well, my girlfriend at the time, bought a really expensive pillow. We cut it open and uh, we, we found out, we went and got it manufactured, we cut with it and we went and got it made. I borrowed a bit of money to do it and I went into different shops and I was wholesaling, I was going, look, I think I can't remember what I've done in that, 30 quid. It might be, do you know what, it might be 30 quid each pillow. Wholesale them at 16 quid. I was thinking seven quid a pillow, whatever it is, six quid a pillow. And then I'd go, right, you can have 30 on a set of turn, you can have 30 on a set of turn. I'd get 100 shops, each shop would do four pillars a week, five pillars a week, yeah. That's 500 pillars a week because you go around the 100 shops. And that was my little round and it was getting really good. And then that was at the point where about six months before going on The Apprentice this was. Mm. And my wife, I never applied to go on The Apprentice, my wife applied for me. I didn't do that, she did. She wanted, she watches it, she wears the tie when it's on, she loves the show. And uh, that was how The Apprentice come about because I never had enough money to get to the next level, to get the machines, to do it and manufacture myself and to make it big time and to sustain, giving more stock to more shops because you never had enough cash flow. So she applied for The Apprentice on your behalf with or without you knowing? No, I did know. Ah, did she ask you permission? Yeah, she was like, I'm gonna, she's like, you've got to do that apprentice, Tom. You need to do it. And I said, I ain't gonna do that. Why don't they want me on there? Why don't they want someone like me to go on the apprentice? Never in a million years. Come and I filled the form out, like, and she filled it out, obviously lied on it, average church goer, business degree, <laughs> smart dresser. Never sold a porno in his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Normal bloke, works hard, loves curry for breakfast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she sent it off and and yeah, they come back and said, we like, we like it. It was all bollocks on there. It was all, it was all lies. It was literally all lies on the- uh... Had you ever watched the programme before? No. So you didn't- I knew know. what it was. I knew what it was, but never, I hadn't never, watched Never it. watched no. it. Weren't a bit of me. Never, I knew exactly what it was. Knew what Lord Chewy is, but I didn't watch the show. And- uh, Is that telly in general? Mate, I, 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 don't, I don't sleep. Like, I can't sit still. Watching telly bugs me a little bit. Too, I, it's too relaxing for you. If I find it, I find it. I find it like my legs get tight, like I'm stretching my legs out, or I don't know. When I, do you ever get this? When you lay in bed and you go to the guy, like you can't, and you're stretching your neck, you're like, ah, stretching your arm. I can't. Agitation because yeah. your brain's going into overdrive. Yeah. You're thinking 101 things yeah, at I once. Can't sit still, can't, can't chill out. I just find it hard. Yeah, I get that totally. I mean, it's put you in very good stead because you, you're running, much, you're spinning more plates than, than most people could possibly do. Yeah. If that, you ain't got enough fingers for the amount of place that you're spinning. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So she's applying for The Apprentice. They've then said, we like the look of this guy. We like the look of his resume that, that's completely fictitious. We'll have some of that. Yeah. And then you've gone into the studio. Went to a place in West London off of Tottenham Court Roads where they held the interview, a massive, massive building with big, big middle room. And uh, I was the only one that didn't wear a suit. I didn't know. I went to Lakeside. I went and bought a new pair of Timberland boots and a polo shirt. I didn't know what to wear for the apprentice. I, I, and I, t I was the only one not wearing a suit. And when I went down there, I thought, fucking hell, this, this, these people are keeping the tails in business in London. I've never seen nothing like it. Did you not do like, any research before? No, I didn't. I, would, I didn't really. I thought they ain't going to be wearing suits for the, for the auditions, are they? It was not my world, but I just made them all laugh there. When I done the interview, I was making them laugh and just being myself and just being normal. And, and um, Taking the mic, really, is what I was doing. You were fucking brilliant on that show, mate. Was it? You were, <laughs> sorry, you were absolutely superb. I have ADHD. I'm the same as you. If I lay in bed 101 
thoughts. I'm tossing and turning. I'm thinking. I'm I'm trying to trying to grip hold of one particular thought. And so if I'm watching a, a box set or a series or, or anything that there's a continuation of, if I get to the second episode, I've done really well because something's yeah. got to get my attention. I couldn't keep my eyes off you. So it's oh, no surprise you've you. now, it's no surprise you've got an autobiography, the world loves you, social media, you're taking it by storm and all the mainstream media outlets want Tom Skinner. I totally get that. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see I suppose your perception of, of the environment, you've walked in there in your, in your, in your Timberlands, making everyone laugh. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really understand what was going on. Like, it was, you know, the maddest thing about doing The Apprentice, and, I, and I've never spoken about this before. This is like, is, this, is, this is true. Like, everyone goes on that show because they think they're the best business person, yeah? I looked at it as I'm going on that show because I'm the worst business person because I haven't got a quarter of a million pounds. Now, you can't be that good in business if you haven't got a quarter of a million pounds. Think of it that way, yeah? So when I sat there and everyone's going, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that, I'm looking and thinking, well, you're obviously not because mm. you haven't got a quarter of a million quid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you wouldn't be it. Yeah. You wouldn't need it. Mm. Like, and that's the, the approach that I, I took to the show. And then when I, what I figured out was a lot, of, a lot of the show is a little bit set up. So I realised that straight away when they'll go, oh, well, that bit wasn't on camera, so that doesn't count. So I thought, you know what? This is just... Pantomime. Pan yeah. It is a business show and they are business tasks. But this ain't like when I'm on my, on my market store at five in the morning down at Dagden Market and my van's got right, they asked my van and I'm getting boxes out and I don't know if they're going to sell or not and I'm putting a cover because it might rain at 11 o'clock and I'm stressed out and I've got to make sure I've got 400 quid to cover the pitch and the wages. This is quite relaxed. You, mm. you don't need money to buy the stock because I give you this. It's, it's a very different, it's more, it's more of a reality series is what it is, The Apprentice. It's mm. more reality, you know, because... Not one of those tasks really are you going to use in real life. Towie with an abacus. It's, yeah, it's people that, it's for, The Apprentice is for uglier people, really. <laughs> the, only, the only way is ugly, they yeah, should call it. Yeah, it's like, look, yeah, you're not orange or got big tits. Mm, can't go on Towie. What you like doing maths? All right, not great. We can't go on countdown. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I can sell a couple of pills on the market stall. You better go on the apprentice then. When you explain that just then about they're all saying they're the best at this, they're the best at that, but they've not got the quarter of a mil that they need. Yeah. That's what I mean. So you can't be that good. They're, right? they're deluded, but you went in there with a firm grip on reality. Mate, I fucking I, I went in there because my because I was doing the pillars and I was probably nicking three or four grand a week profit out of, out of it. So I was doing okay. I, I was doing all right. I, was, I had a nice living from it, yeah? Not no fireworks, but I had a good living. And I could have done with a quarter million pounds. I knew I could have bought some more machinery, made more pillars, and had a bit of cash flow to do more shops. That was all I looked at it for was, well, if I had that bit of readies, I can scale up and double the production and probably nick five or six grand a week. That is what I'd admired. Whereas a lot of them in there didn't really know what was going on. They was just like, I've got this idea, we're going to sell globes this week, or I've got this, you know what I mean? They weren't business people, if that makes any sense, but they yeah. thought they were business people. They mm. were well-educated people. I remember when it was your time to leave and I was fucking gutted and I didn't watch the rest of the, <laughs> of the episodes, by the way. I remember you done Tommy the Turtle, 
You was in the street when you're selling. Or did you create the turtle? Yeah, Tommy the Talking Turtle. We had to create a kid's toy. That was awesome. And I went, what about what about a toy for kids that can glue on their hand that when they presses it, it tells them they're going to be all right, tells them they're going to have a good day. And they was all like, what? And I said, Tommy the Talking Turtle. And I made this little turtle. And it, um, we actually made it. And you click it and they went, how you doing, mate? Have a great day today. I mean, it probably was a bit, ra bit random having a little green... Um, turtle with a cockney voice going alright bruv have a good day <laughs> <laughs> but I thought they would have sold it we lost that task as well yeah it was a shame because you deserve to win every task in my lost opinion lost every task didn't I and then yeah you did <laughs> 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 you did but still you still made it right up until and the final week, week, week 9 out of 10 I got to and, yeah, and I, mean, I even I even took um, I even put myself forward in the boardroom and took Pamela's place do you remember that when Pat they, Pamela got picked to go in the ballroom and I went, no, 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 you can't. Oh yeah, Pam. you stepped in to put, yeah. you put yourself forward yeah. for the eviction. Yeah, I said, no, no, Pam, go out to the house. I'll take your spot. <laughs> That's an honourable thing to well, do. Mate, this poor girl, she had a right good editor. She mm. had a good little business. She was called Moxie, yeah? And it made like women's makeup removers. And she was a, she was an Irish girl. She was straight laid. She was very intelligent. She was a good business person. And I could see that she, I knew on that show, yeah, whether, whether I was to win the money or not, I'd still go back the week after, go back to work in my van and I'd be all right, yeah? Mm. But I see how much it could mean to people that are actually massive amounts of money. And, and I was sitting and looking and I thought, this girl ain't put a foot wrong, yeah? She's quite quiet. She ain't done nothing wrong. And this task, I ain't done nothing wrong, but she don't deserve to go. So I was like, listen, mate, you're wrong there. And I'll give it to a little Brian Mark. And I said, I'll take your place, pound go and go back to the house. But in my head, I thought, if anyone would look to her, can't find me now because she looked like a right horrible bastard. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a chess move, wasn't it? Checkmate. Yeah, well, what you don't see as well is when, when it, um, when it you get stopped and they reach at the cameras, uh, the producer would come outside, he went, mate, he went, I've been filming this show 15 seasons. Yeah, this is season 15. He said, no one's ever done that. I said, see, I said, I said that he can't find me now because he will look evil, wouldn't he? Mm. He started laughing and I walked in and uh, Lord Sugar winked at me and went, well done. Obviously, <laughs> he knows he's going to make good telly, you know? Yeah. But he, he, he portrays himself as uh, like Ebenezer Scrooge, but... He ain't, mate. He's a lovely bloke. He's, he, I've, I've got him on WhatsApp. Like, I talk to him all the time, you know? He's, he's good stuff. Yeah, I can, I can imagine he is. And you, so you've got a relationship with him still? No, it ain't, listen, it ain't like we talk every day. Mm. But I, what happened was, I got his number. Give me his number. And uh, like he bought me he bought me uh, dinner once when I was out. He paid with a meal. But... but, but I'm in a group where I send out what I've got for sale and I'm somehow put a little sugar in it. Does he ever contact you when he's short on porn, porn material? Reddies. <laughs> when he fancies a wank, does he say, here, Tom, you ain't, you ain't got one of them pornos, do you? <laughs> Mate, yeah, like, I, I've got him in this group, WhatsApp group I've got and I send out what I've got for sale and I send it out and it always goes to him and he always, I'll have three of them, I'll have four of them. So he's bought a few bits and pieces as well. So Lord Alan Sugar is now a customer. Your customer? He's a customer, yeah. Oh, that's a claim to fame, isn't it? That, yeah. Yeah, really good. So when eventually, and do you know what? I bet that he hated doing the whole you're fired thing to you because you could see that he loved you. You could see that he loved you, but yeah, I suppose it, it, it got to a stage where it had to be done. How did it feel? Mate, he, I mean, he gave me this lovely speech. If I was at war and I was a general, I'd want you in the trenches next to me. That's right. I want you fighting by my side. Because you're a good person, he said, but we're not at war, we're at a business show and you've lost every task. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Uh, we're not at war. <laughs> yeah, but we're not at war. We're in a business show. 
So and he went and he went um he went stay in touch. You're fired like that, and I thought, fuck's sake. So what's changed now? I mean, I mean that's a it's obvious. You're now one of the most famous people in the country. But from the Apprentice, the next day you woke up, you're asked to leave. You wake up the next morning. What happened from that day onwards? We went straight to the Isle of Wight, my mum's 60th birthday, right? And we went to the Isle of Wight Fest with my mum. And we had, had a drink, had a good time for her birthday. And then we come back and we had a barbecue. And the barbecue had all my friends there. And we're at the barbecue and we started drinking. And this is, so this is three days after being out the, uh, out the apprentice. One of my mates cut to me and give me a tour. And then I put it in your pocket, Tom. Oh, cheers, bro. bro. He said, no, he said, like, you've been awake for seven weeks, haven't you? I said, yeah, yeah, I know. He said, well, look, he said, you probably had the money for them seven weeks. Here's a cut. Oh, and I know. Oh, sweet, bro. Thanks, mate. That's nice, yeah? That's what you do when someone's come out of jail. What? <laughs> Walk around, have a pal. How was it, mate? You all right? Here's good. Here's a monkey. What are you doing that for? Well, you've been in there seven weeks, haven't you? You ain't... All right. Okay, sweet. Thank you. So, why's everyone giving me money? Well, I don't know, because you've obviously been, been away been away for seven weeks. Yeah, but like, you always help your friends out, Tom. They're just doing something back. Oh, it's weird. And I get to the barbecue, see my pal Kev. You see my mate Bill in there? What? You've been in Chelsea, didn't you? What are you talking about? I've been filming The Apprentice. Shut up, Tom. That's your cover-up. No, seriously, I've been filming The Apprentice. I told me you've been in challenge for Nick and you've been in the prison, haven't you? No, 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 I really, really haven't, yeah? Mm. Look around, I said, Langs, what? Langs were my best pals. He went, yeah, he went, well, he said, no one's going to believe that you've been on The Apprentice. He said, so I've made up a rumour that you got caught selling snipe gear down the market. It's your first strike and you've just done eight weeks in Chelmsford. I said, why'd you tell them all that? He said, well, they all believed it straight away. And it's better than covering up that you was on The Apprentice because I wasn't meant to keep it a secret. Obviously, because you film it six months before the show. Got a DJ sign yeah. a disclaimer. Yeah, so now I'm going around to my mates. No, no, I really filmed The Apprentice. I swear on my life, I was away. Shut up, Tom. It's, look, it's nothing. Look, we've all done it. We've all been there. Don't worry about it. One of them things. Crack on with it. No, no, I swear I really haven't been in Chelmsford. Shut up. Well, when it came around to October when the show came live and I was in the front page of the paper, they was like, oh, he really was actually filming The Apprentice. He Give us that fucking money back. <laughs> so that was like, it was, oh, that's it part of me. But that was, it was, everyone thought I went to prison when, uh, when I was filming The Apprentice. But after that, um, the show, then obviously you got to life for normal. And he just cracked on me in the van. No one knows I'm on the show. And I told everyone, no one believed me. And then obviously the show came out. And it's weird because the people that work for the BBC said that you normally get a lot of stick for going on your print. Everyone gets slagged off and lots of abuse online because it's like the way you are. And after the second show, they run me up and I was like, look, we've never had a contestant on a 15 series where the whole public just like you. Like, you just, we're just getting love. And I was like, oh, that's good, isn't it? So you, they were basically ringing me up to check on me. And I was like, we ain't really got a check on you. Everyone's seen you be a love. And I remember going to Lakeside, buying a new pair of Reebok workouts, going out there, and, and I couldn't walk through Lakeside without getting stopped for a photo every third. It was insane. And then, obviously, my pillars were online, and they started selling and going crazy. And, and it, everything I'd had that was just ticking over went insane. The pillows that I was sending online, each week as the shows went on with more and more and more to the, to the point where me and my mates were working 24-7, packing 
ceiling, sending out pillars, like thousands of orders every day. It was unheard of. More money than I've ever earned in my life. And, and um, this was December 2019. This is where it all goes mad. Christmas come, 2nd of January, get a call from, uh, from, from um, Claire Powell and Mary Claire at the Can Group. They're like, um, they're like um, talent managers, yeah? And in fact, they're like really good friends of mine. Tom, so like, we'll just let you know that they want you to go on Celebrity MasterChef. I was like, wow, of course I'll do it. Then I was like, oh, just let you know, they want you to go on eight out of 10 cats with Jimmy Carr. And I was like, wow, of course I will. And I filmed all these things. And, and then my pillows was, I was literally on this upward thing. I'd done Piers Morgan, I'd done everything, yeah? This is now start of 2020. And I had calls to go in the jungle at the end of the year. This is already, I thought, this is it. This is going to be insane, yeah? March the 4th. Do you remember it? What day was that? COVID happened. Ah, yeah. I Just the day before I finished filming, I'm a uh, celebrity Lock, Lockdown come around the 23rd, 20, yeah. around next. My birthday was the 24th yeah. and I'm like, oh, blinding. And it was the start of March, yeah? And I just finished filming. So, and then I was like, oh, just for a moment, we're, putting, we're not sure what's going on because they, was, they weren't doing lockdown, but they was like, scared about getting people in room. Do you remember that? Just before the lockdown, it was all a little bit funny. And then, and then all of a sudden, lockdown happened, bang, everything was put on ice. No more TV. And, and what I'd, but what, and, and, but what I'd done, where the pillars started going good, yeah? I'd just invested in a massive, massive warehouse that cost almost 50 grand a month. I'd laid on a few more staff. I'd pumped, all the money that I'd earned, I'd pumped into this business. And then, a month into to COVID, the guy that I was manufacturing, who's buying the pillars and manufacturing for me, dropped down dead of COVID. You know. And I literally was like, vroom, neato, stopped with the pillars. And then what happened was we had, me and Lanks, I didn't really do, and I kept all the guys and I kept pushing and kept working and kept trying to keep and going. Went, let's go and jump in the van. There's nothing to stop and sell mattresses. Who was Lanks, your business partner? My, my mate, Big Lanks, one of my pals. Like, been my pal forever. We went and, we went and got another van, jumped in it, went to the, another manufacturer, got a cut of mattresses. I don't know how or why this in that, because I don't know why we'd even done it. And we just started driving about through lockdown, going on Twitter, going, hello, you lovely people. What today we're in Cornwall. We've got double singles and kings on the van because we couldn't do the pillars. You know, and there was, you couldn't even sell pillars, but you could sell mattresses. It was like, it was insane. So you literally lost your pillow business overnight? Yeah. Yeah, you the, couldn't. That was doing better than ever. Mate, it was taking, wasn't, not, not as much as what the beds did end up taking. But at the time it but was. But it was taking a lot of money. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Like, it, it was changing my life. You know, I was, mm. but, but where I'd called on so many things, and I had no way of paying for them because I couldn't sell any more pillars. What, what was I going to do? Oh, do you know what I mean? I was in a bit of a state. So we got back on the road out in the van and me and Lanks worked every single day through lockdown, dropping a match, doing 15, 20 a day. Like, it was insane. And you was documenting that on social media, weren't you? Yeah, do you remember it? Yeah. Oh, it was inspiring. It was brilliant. Brilliant for me. Built me up and then I, then I created Bosch Beds, which ended up becoming the monster. It what, what was So from the van driving through lockdown mm -hmm. in... in, in dropping off matches to people's houses. We then took over the manufacturing plant. We've got warehouses down in Essex. We've got warehouses in Manchester. I've got a sales office. I just build it up. And I didn't, I'm not, you see, I've, sat, I've always said this. I am not a good business person. I'm not, I'm a good sales person. 
done stand business, but understand that self. But you ain't afraid to roll your sleeves Mate, up. Mate, I had a go. I had a proper mm. go. Like, like, this is like at the height of, of my bed business, we was taking £130,000 a week in sales. Like, I'd done that off the bat of starting in a van with my mate. So <clears throat> what I started doing was making quality mattresses at affordable prices. And I was still nicking 150, sometimes 200 pound a mattress. But I was entitled to that because the bed firms are nicking 700 pound, 800 pound a mattress. And we then we just took over the manufacturing plant. We had the, we had the warehouses down south. Is this still with Lanks? This is with Lanks. But, but now I built, I had 14 staff, four vans on the road. Like I built it up and up and up and up and up. Sales teams, I was wholesaling and shop. It became a bit of a monster. We got around to 2021 and 2021 was a great year for, for the bed because it was just, we're out of lockdown now, everyone's got loads of money. We was cleaning up. Like it, it, it was easy. It was so easy. I put a post up, we'd take 30 grand's worth of orders. It was like that. Wait another two days, do another post. And, it, and I thought it'd never end. And what, what I made a mistake of was wanting to become a household name because I thought business is easy. Hmm. But I was riding a wave off the back of COVID. It wasn't real life. People had been in all these grants and furlough money and hadn't been at work and wasn't spending on their travel. They was in house prices were going up, interest rates were still at 0%. It was a mad time. No one knew what was going on. So I would just sell, 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 sell. And then I was buying more stock, buying more fabric. I was getting really involved, you know? <clears throat> Million pound deals was like the norm every every couple of months. It was insane. Then we got round to 2022. By this point, I'd opened up a few shops. I'd chucked a hundred grand in the shop here, hundred grand in the shop there. What, was one of those in Lakeside? Yeah. Garden furniture. Yeah. Mate, like the rent in there is astronomical. The rent in there is like serious, 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 serious money. Give us a ballpoint figure. Near on half a million pound a year rent. Plus rates. Yeah, plus rates. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've got a massive set of bollocks. Yeah? yeah, big bollocks. I mean, talk about pressure. Yeah, but, but the 2022, everything, what happened was, we was doing a right for January and, I, and a shop in Brentwood that I took over and it weren't quite right and I spent too much money in it. That was, I, an, that was a bad shop, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, bought, I bought a five grand chandelier for the shop. Like I was doing thing because I'd earned so much money mm. like that I didn't really know what I was doing and it's because I'm a salesperson not a businessman now then all of a sudden Putin decided to invade Ukraine and overnight overnight a divan base that I was selling loads of cost me £69 plus VAT and would sell it for 200 quid and would do 100 of those a week easy like as one of the lines. And they're not greedy margins, by the no. way, are they? At all? No. Then went up to £145 plus that overnight. Why did it double? Because the electric rates went up. Everything went up. Manufacturing doubled overnight. Materials. A lot of materials don't realize come from places like Poland, mm. like Ukraine. You couldn't get them. Everything went mad. And then, and I'm still selling the same amount, but my margins just shrunk. And I couldn't put my prices up because everyone was thinking about their electric bills, couldn't, was trying to save money. Then it, then I'm, then I'm still turning over 130 grand a week, but I'm not making loads of money. I'm breaking even, but I've got half a million pound in rents going out. That's about my warehouses, my vans and my staff. 
you know what I mean? Then I started thinking, wow, what's going on? Then it got to the point where I'm working seven days a week just to keep it going. So I've gone from having it all, and it's because I scaled up too big too quick. I, I got ahead of myself. I had think I I had a bloody mulberry sofa from Healthy's, like <laughs> obviously, like, <yeah. laughs> like, like, like do you know what I mean? I, Why wouldn't you? Like I bought everyone in my sales office a bloody Mont Blanc pen. Why? Because I'm a prick. Like you know, they're good pens. Yeah, yeah, but like I was just. But then when it all sort of squeezed down, it got a lot more difficult. And then it got to the point where I remember waking up and, I, and then, and then like, like I just got married and I, and I, it was, everything was, I was finding life stressful. Yeah. And that's not like me. I'm the happiest person in the country. I, I, I'm always positive. And for once in my life, I was like, oh. This is what stress feels like. Oh, yeah. And I thought, this ain't me. I ain't the stressful person. And I just went, do you know what? Over and I remember talking to my wife and I went, Sinead, she went, you can't do that, baby. It's your business. It's your, it's your baby. Like, look, look at everything you've achieved. Like, I went, I don't care. I went, I went, if this is our, I went, I don't want my life to be like this. I said, I'm working seven days a week. I'm seeing my little boy. Like, this is before we had the twins. I said, do you know what? Fuck it. And I literally woke up, shut all the shops, shut all the warehouses, sold all the stock off, sold off my website, niched it in a day. <laughs> like, like, unheard of. Like, mm. it was a hard conversation to have with all, with all my staff. And they all understood. I said, look, I said, I'm, I'm, I said, I'll keep, I said, I said, trust, I said, stand on me, I'll find something you do, but we ain't doing beds. So everyone have a couple of weeks off, I paid it in the month, have a couple of weeks off. So no, and, no, no one got knocked? No, 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 no one got knocked. Everyone got paid? Everyone got, no one got knocked, yeah. But I just thought, fuck, that's it, job done. And did you come out on top or? No, I, no, I, no. I, mate, I had like, I had. Big loss. Yeah, mate, I've done like, I've done a million quid, I reckon, at least. Wow. Oh, everything I built up. But remember, mate, I've gone from not really having a, having like a few grand in the bank and nicking a couple of grand here and there to having a multi-million pound business with more money than I've ever dreamt of, but not really knowing how to manage it. Mm. And then on the last bit, pumping it all into business and doing my absolute tits. Like, no good. And then I just had a bit of time off. I went to Spain on missus. I walked, but I had a bit of money left, but not a lot. And then I thought, wow, what a journey. What a journey. Like, this time a year ago, I was on James English's podcast talking about how I'm flying, I'm on this train journey. At Christmas, I'm buying underground watches and Bentleys and all sorts. And then seven, eight months later, just like that, I've just... Had enough, got rid of it all. And then I didn't know that, what to that, do. That must, yeah, that stress must have been heavy duty for you to decide that. Mate, it must it was, have been it, unpleasant. Geezer, when you're finding like 30 grand a week, you've got mm. to find 30 grand a week for just to cover, like just 30 grand profit to cover your bits and pieces, to build your bills and that. Every single week, week in, week out. It's hard. Did you find out who your real friends were? Yeah, 100%. Mate, I mean, I. I, look, I'm so lucky, so lucky that I've got a great group of mates. Like, because I've always been loyal to my friends, my friends have all been loyal to me. Listen, I'm listening, of course I've found a few snakes, I've found loads of snakes along the way. Loads of people that- I was gonna I, say, when, you, when, you, when you're doing that and you're flying high, me, I bet you, bet you found some new friends you never knew you had. Look, I had, I had staff and friends that I give jobs that I didn't even need. I'd give them a grand a week and I bought them a van, so they had something to do and have a purpose. You know, I, I, I've done that for people. Don't have people, don't have people that, people know and see and they'll see on Instagram and think they're flying. I've helped people write out, mm. write out. Like 
got people out of trouble, bowed people out of money, given people motors. I've done loads of things. When it all come on top, there was only a handful of people that sat with me and was like, mate, we're here. What do you want to do? How do you want to be? How do you want to play? Right, ride or die. Yeah, let's go. Sweet. And I had a few weeks off and now we're coming to like end of September. This is last year. And my, my mate Lanks, I was in the cafe with him and his missus wasn't very well at the time. And uh, it was, let me stop there. It's not, it's not actually what happened. The Sunday before I went to the CAF, I was sitting there and I thought, what am I going to do now? This is Dino's CAF. Yeah, but this is before, so this is the Sunday before I go to the CAF. But I'm going to be going to this CAF before all this, but I'm sitting there, I think, what am I going to do? I've had this brilliant business, it's gone. Pillars are gone. TV work, not really anymore because the COVID happened, it's ruined it all. So this is it, towards the last year. What am I going to do? My baby, you'll find, you'll find something you always do. You've been up and down since I met you. You're always like that. And it was, it was true. Like when I first met her, I had a few quid, then I was skint, a few quid, then I was skint. So I thought, what shall I do? And I jumped in my van and I drove to the market. And I just, and I thought, this is where I started. And I walked around this market and I, and I hello, Tom, I ain't seen you a couple of years. How you been? Yeah, yeah, good. Oh, right, Tom, wow, seeing the telly. Wow, what, you've forgotten about the market? And I thought, where? Where, and where have you been, mate? What have you been doing? I see you on the telly and all this stuff. You're big time now, too good for the market, are you? And then I've spent it, and I bought, and I spent it, and I bought Emery some toys, had a burger, bought a couple of jumpers, a pair of pants. And then I've done a little video on my phone, just walking about. And then I got in the thing and I walked back. And I thought, I might jump back on the markets. And I rung a few of the old boys that I know. I said, you still got a bit of stock about. And they went, Tom Skinner back on the firm. I went, Tom Skinner's back on the firm. What, work in the floor, son? Yeah, work in the floor. And I went, I bought a bit of stock. And, and I just went into Christmas back on the markets. And this is where the Dino's Calf videos start. And, I, and uh, so now I've got, I've, I've got my towel between my legs a little bit. I'm not skin by no means, but I'm not, I've got no income. I've got no income. So what I've got- Living off your savings. Yeah. So, and that ain't gonna last forever, as you know. Like, no, no, no. Especially now, but bear in mind now, I've got the big Q8s and the big Bentleys, and I've got the, uh, and I've got all the overheads. Oh, I've got rid of the shops, and but I've still got my, I've still got at least 10 grand a month just to pay to live, like to eat, do you know what I mean? To pay my bills. So I've still got big overheads. And, and I went back to work on the markets, me and my mate Collins, big Collins, and we went to work. And I remember going to the, and big lengths, and I remember going to, to Dino's Calf with big lengths one morning. And I sat in there, and his missus weren't very well, and the, done his little mic based on speech, boom, boom, and so I've come and let's, let's put it on Instagram. I said, who's going to want to see me in a steak and out pie? It's 4.30 in the morning, you mad so, so, so someone was ill and you gave him a motivation? Yeah, I, I was just like, like talking to my friend, like at tough times, like, oh, you're, she's going to get better. You know what I mean? Like just having a, like a little talk, and talking to her and talking to him. But it, it was like, let's do it on Instagram. Let's do it on there. That's what, you know what I mean? I don't know how it ended up coming to that. And it was fourth, and I went, all right, do it. And I remember he held the phone like that, and boom, and I've gone, what I've always done on the markets, and I've always given a pep talk to my pals that were me in the calf since I can never remember. I've always done that. And I just went, good morning, you lovely, lovely people. Now it's Friday morning, we're in Dino's calf, the best calf in East London, and of course, I've got a lovely steak and alpire with the steamed veg, 
and the roast potatoes and of course a bit of gravy that I never look when I pour. Whatever you're doing today, go out there and give it 110% and believe in yourself. And remember, tough times don't last, but tough people do. So step outside your comfort zone and make today your day. Let's go, Herbosh. Phone down. Everyone started clapping the calf going back. Very good, Tommy. What's going on there? I thought I'd put it on Instagram. Said, oh, yeah, well done, son. Put it on there. People loved it. Well, great. Thank you. Boom, boom, boom. So I thought, oh, I'll keep doing these. I'm, 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 I'm in the cafe. I'm back on the markets now. Like, I'll do them. And we started doing more. more. And then it got to like end of November and, and they start, start, started doing Christmas dinners. And I thought I had a Christmas dinner. Mate, before I knew it, like I was trending number one in the country on videos for my breakfasts. Every time I didn't, like a day off, people were going, oh my God, I've had a terrible day because Tom's has done his motivational post from Dino's Cat. And, and then I kept on doing them and doing them and doing them. And then it got to the point where, remember, I'm going to try and dig it out. Um, a woman messaged me and just said, look, I was going to end my life. Mm. Now, I've done like 40 or 30 Dino's posts now. Um, I wrote a letter, like I'd messaged my friend, like, and I'd done everything, and my friend just told me to look at your page. I didn't know who he was. And I've sat here all through the night reading and watching your motivational videos. And you're the reason why I'm still here. And I remember fucking reading this thing and thinking, surely not. Nah, like, this mm. is, am I, is this what, are they helping people this much? And I thought, Do you know what? Now I feel like I, I've got some sort of, for it, like I need to be doing this now because like if it just helps just one person just one person sees it watches it it helps their mindset makes them feel better gets them out of whatever hole they're in whatever look we all have tough times you know what I mean we all find things hard but if there's someone you can look at and think he's walking talking proof he's been through it he's cracked on he's sitting there he's not looking when he pours his crazy because <laughs> he's the absolute governor <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I just I just thought do you know what that's it and I've done them every day and, and it, it spurred me with the people going, mate, mate, you've, I've been, and the amount of messages, like I even done a campaign with a mental health charity. Right, okay. Campaign against living miserably. It's about people that, Oh, okay. And, and they contact, it was like, look, Tom, like, we're, we're, all we're getting is people in, incoming saying they're watching your videos, they might you do a campaign with us. And I was doing men's mental health. I was, it was crazy. Like, and I was just enjoying doing it and I was doing the markets. And then before I knew it, me and my mate Collins were doing a market every day we was smashing the life at the mark because I was putting it on Twitter and Instagram where I was going to be and I was mobbed and whatever we sold out. I was cracking on with the Instagram posts and Twitter posts <coughs> and millions of people watching them. We come into Christmas and my, my mate, I, I don't think he, I mean, I'll ask him, he probably won't mind me saying this, but he just come out and doing life in prison who I was doing the markets with. And he said to me, he went, this is the best Christmas I've had in a long time. Because we went into Christmas with a few quid again we was cheering people up on social media. I was having a laugh. And me and my mate Collins literally just grafted our heads off together on these markets. Wind, rain, didn't matter what it was like. We went to work and we got it done and we, we nicked a few quid. And I come into Christmas feeling good. Feeling really good. Good again. Yeah. From where you were. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, I've helped people. I've got a few quid. Oh, right, it ain't like, it ain't. Listen, I was only nicking a few grand a week. But I had no stress. You know, like I had no, I wake up, get in my van, have a nice bit of chicken noodle soup or whatever in the breakfast and I'll go to work, nick a, nick a few quid, go home, see my family. I ain't got to worry about nothing. And then this is where, this is where all of a sudden all the TV work started. And I started, I, I then, after Christmas, 
sat, sat down and thought, go for my emails, not to my emails for, for months. The offers I had was unbelievable. Good Morning Britain, can you come on? ITV, can you come on? BBC News, can you come on? Radio, can you come on? Um, EasyJet Airlines, can you do an advert for us? McDonald's, can you do an advert for us? I thought, wow, what's going on here? Can we come down to Dino's Caf? I couldn't believe it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I ended up getting, um, getting a manager, getting a PR, people, I spoke to them, a guy called Alex. And we, he come at me in the calf, and I remember, he, and this is true, he come in the calf, and he start of January, and he went, he went, um, he gave me a kind of big, big load of money, and was like, I'm gonna give you this money. I went, what for? And he went, because he went, I'm gonna give it to you up front, there's a bit of trust that I'm gonna help you with your career. And I went, all right. I didn't really know, I, okay, let's do it. And uh, we sat down, and we've literally, this year, it's been unbelievable, mate. Like. Blown up completely. It's been unbelievable because I'm earning money from all these little adverts. I'm not stressed. I've not, I'm still doing my market stalls here and there when I, when I pick and choose. I'm still doing the videos and I'm getting TV work and it's, it's brilliant. You know, and I'm, trying to, and I'm just, all I'm trying to do now is spread my energy and my positivity anyone that needs it, anyone to hear it. Because I, I feel like in life, you go on social media, yeah? And all you see is people sitting in rooftop bars in Dubai, drink, sitting, posting bar Ferraris. I'll sit in my transit van. That's what earns me my money. You know what I mean? Like, this is the problem we've got nowadays is you can become anything you want to become. Just believe in yourself. Don't look at Instagram and see what people have got. Look at Instagram and see people and see what they haven't got. They haven't got class. They haven't got. Yeah, you're going to look at Instagram and you're going to see what people are pretending to have. Exactly. Mm. Mate, like, I, I love my family. I, I love my friends. Like, and I, and I, and I, and I just want to be positive and help people I can. Like, anyone, there's so many people that are sitting there right now, putting, watching this podcast thinking, I'm on my knees. Like, I don't know. Oh, it's all right for, it's all right for Tom. Tom was on the telly. Tom, Tom, Tom. You sleep and pull out bed on the floor. Tom was also on his yeah. knees. Tom, Tom was also yeah. on his. Tom was also on his knees. Yeah. Tom We'd, was on the pull out bed on the floor. Mm. Like we've not tennis put in his van. I, I made my own luck. I've said to you before that I think you're one of the most inspiring men in the country, and that young lads, in fact, young or old lads, old men, they should be looking to you for inspiration, motivation, because they you lead from the front, and that's why massive respect. I remember when you was doing. Uh, the Bosch mattresses mm. and you was out delivering them in the van and you was documenting that. You just come out of the apprentice, but you weren't too proud to say, I'm back in the van, I'm selling mattresses from out the back of the van and you watch me go. So there was no excuses made. There was no, there was no nonsense, no bullshit. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I'm authentic and I'm going to give it my best shot. And that is real genuine motivation. That, that's, no, that's no Dubai rooftop bullshit. Well, how have you done that? Well, you haven't done it, have you? You're, you, you're an oddity or you're a guest somewhere and or you're taking a, a nice picture. Or doing a scam. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, do you know what? Oh, mate, it make me thought. Do you know what? I'm going to go on a rant here, yeah? Do it. I can't fucking stand these absolute helmets that sit on Instagram with this absolute, oh, follow me to become a trader. I've got, and the fucking influencers and idiots that start reposting it and put it on their pages. Oh, my friend, follow him. Because they're getting three grand per post, why are you fucking doing it? 
Like, there's people with their last 500 quid sit there, see your post with you having this big fucking dinner or sitting with this fucking hired Ferrari, mm. yeah? And you're leading desperate people who ain't got the money and they're going to spend their last bit of money on some fucking scam. And all these models and Instagrammers and influencers, call them, are fucking sharing it and doing, because they're getting a quick two or three grand to do it. Like, when they come to me, I tell them to fuck off. Mm. I've had loads. I'll talk... How about bollocks? No, I'll tell you what I promote. I promote fucking transit vans. Why? Because it fucking, it earns me a few quid. Don't get me wrong, I'll do an advert for EGG. I'll do an advert for anyone. Yeah, like, like anything that I believe in, that I feel that, that's good. You know, oh, EGG, you do an advert, Tom, you can give your followers 20% off. Sweet, you want another day, 20% off, job done. That's fine. But these absolute prats are leading the young and-, and uh, the Vulnerable. Vulnerable. And they're leading them up this path that ain't real. The only way you get something in life is through fucking our graft, yeah? And I remember my mate's little boy, I'll never forget this, yeah? Just about a year and a half ago. Come up to my mate. Now, my mate, he's, got, he, he, he's not got a big firm, yeah? He works for himself, a single one-man band. He, he does all right, he, okay, yeah? He works hard, he works every single day. He's a builder by trade, but does like all different bits and pieces. His son come up to him and said, Dad, I want these trainers for my birthday, yeah? He... Trading the trains, went, oh, yeah, I'll get them for you. Right? He then spoke to me, he was like, mate, do you reckon you can lend me a bit of money? I said, yeah, of course. Cool. He said, I've got to get these trains. I went, yeah, all right, sweet, of course we will. What? £920. Oh, for a fucking pair of trainers, yeah? <laughs> when I ain't even got a pair of trainers that much money, yeah? Did I come with a yeah. with a set of lips that suck your dick as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, I've got to get them from they're the ones you seen on Instagram. And he's like, I think he's, what's his boy, 14, 13? So mate, you can't get him there, mate. Start to help me out. I've, like he ain't with his mum. Like I want to. Oh, I, I'll get him. Like well, well, shit, I'll lend you the money again. Lend him the money. He's got. He's got. He's got his boy. These trainers, yeah. His boy. His boy. Then three weeks later, I need to get another pair because they're not the ones anymore. Where's he seeing it from? He's seen it on Instagram. People are looking at these picture perfect individuals with fake bodies that are photoshopped, that are created through steroids and growth hormone. They're then posting pictures pretending they've got money they haven't got and it's gonna fuck with their minds. Yeah. We've now got a man that's here, that's, that's a walking, talking success story, but you're as real as they come. And that, this is what people need to see. So you rant away. Mate, Take it, the bat and a go with it. But it's like, I couldn't afford to live the life, yeah, that some of these influencers live through our social media. I bank with coach, mate. Like, I ain't doing too sad. I might not put that in there. <laughs> they, they'll love it. <laughs> I'm not one to give it the big one, but I do bank with coots. <laughs> Don't put that bit in there. Look, I can't there, don't I? <laughs> it's a blinder. They'll love it. <laughs> no, but look, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> fucking dummy surf there, am I? Good cunt. <laughs> and I've got four Daytonas. <laughs> Five. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, like... I have fucking, I have grafted my nuts off since I was 14 years old. You yeah. deserve to have a coach yeah, account. Yeah, but, but I've worked hard to, to get where I've got. And I ain't, listen, I still sometimes have to manage my fucking what I'm doing. I have to go, well, I can't afford to do that in a minute. I've got to put that there and I've got to wait until I do that next month. Like, I'm not still flush, got millions in the bank because I ain't. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable. I'm a little bit better than comfortable, let's say, yeah. But I still go work every day. I ain't scared to go work. But I couldn't lead the life that these influencers live on their Instagram pages. No one can. Like, you cannot lead them lives. Like, 
You go on to holiday website and find out how much it is to have six months in the one and only in Dubai. Be like 200, 300 grand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that unless you're a multimillionaire or you're up to no good. That, that's it. Now, what's wrong is these 16-year-old kids at a college wondering what they want to do. Oh, I want to be an influencer. Why am I wanting to become a doctor? Wanting to become a, an engineer? Wanting to become a carpenter? Wanting to go and be a market trader? Wanting to be a set? Why am I to become an... Everyone is now wanting to be an influencer. But once you realise these influencers get paid £2,000 a post, £3,000 a post, and that's it, and then have to wait six weeks till they get their next job, it ain't, it's all false and not real. We need to, 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 to put some sort of mediator on it to stop it happening because we're living in a false world where people have got false hope. Like, you cannot live those lives. Mm. And people think it's, it's easy. Oh, I'll do this, do that, do this. No, 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 make, make blood, sweat and tears. That's what gets you to maybe go there for two weeks, once a year. I'm sorry to put a damper on things, but it's true. It's true. This, this, is a, this is a good slice of life because people, do, kids now, they're glued to their iPad, they're glued to their phone, they're watching YouTube, they can rattle off the like, subscribe and click the bell notifications it's like it's their own words. They're becoming indoctrinated and they will think that when they grow up, they can sit there in front of a camera and all their dreams and prayers will be answered and there'll be multi-millionaires where... I'm going to bring this back into play. You've got to fucking graft. And it's 100%. pure and simple. I've done exactly the same. And you said something earlier about you didn't feel like you, you, you should be doing something until you got to a certain level. I never thought that I should try and influence people or put my, my two pence worth into the world until I reached a certain status, until I had the, the house mm. and the car and the family, until I, until I had my shit together. I knew I had my shit together years previous, but I had to uh, overcome some serious obstacles, but I knew I was going to get there. But in my head, I thought, I'm in no position to preach an influence until I'm there. And it's taken me years. I'm 43. And there's people now that are 23 years of age pretending they're there so they can influence. Like, what the fuck do you know about life? You've not even lived one. It's all fake. Fake society. So again, it goes back to me acknowledging that you're a huge inspiration because you're real, you graft, you document it, you put it out there, warts and all. You don't care what people think either. That is another thing I love about you. And people care more about other people's opinions than they do their own ability and, 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 their, and their own thoughts. Never ever take criticism from anyone that you wouldn't take advice from, rule number one. Mm. Don't ever if someone tells you what you can or can't do, or tells you you're wrong, unless you take advice from them, tip and bollocks. Don't worry about what anyone thinks else is about you. If I was to worry about the things that are said about me, I would probably jump off a cliff. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know for every thousand tweets I get, well done, Tom, love you. I'll get one saying, you fat prick, or I'll, you know what I mean? You're always going to get that, yeah? Have your blinkers on sometimes or things like that. And that is the best advice I can give anyone is never ever take criticism from someone you take advice from. And when they give you criticism, you listen with both ears. You've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm. I, I used to do that. Well, you remember when I used to have a big platform before I was canceled two or three times and I intend never to get canceled again, by the way. But I would go through all the comments and I, and I, and I would read them meticulously and I think, and I'd like the trolls because I think, well, how can I learn? I don't want an echo chamber. I put out a video once, I was trying to get 100,000 signatures to get a cancer drug reinstated on the NHS because a friend of mine who's now passed, 
he needed it because he had sarcoma. Uh, they call it the lonely cancer because it's, it's like only 1% of uh, yeah. cancer victims get what's called sarcoma. And so I managed to get this, managed to get the 100,000 signatures to parliament, uh, which was great. But the first video I put out, because a friend asked me, oh, do you mind putting a video out? And I put it out, forgot about it, went back, looking at it, it was doing okay, the views were going up. I'm looking at the comments and they're ripping the life out of me. Uh, 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 uh. How many times does this fucking idiot want to say, uh, uh? So I've watched the video back. And obviously where I've never put, put myself in front of a camera before and I've never been asked to do such a thing and I'm talking and I'm going, uh, uh, uh. It's like, yeah, I won't do that again. Boom, I took it. I didn't, I didn't go, well, there's nothing wrong with saying, uh, uh, uh. I didn't get defensive about it. I thought, ah, I'll learn, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. learn from that. And I, I've never done it again. So I can't thank trolls enough. What did you say? Uh, we just done it again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold it against me. I've never done this before. No, yeah, no, I, mate, I, I, uh, I think if you've got people trolling you and you've got people giving you abuse online, you're doing something right. Oh, totally. Because they're that bothered about you. Triggered. Yeah, and if they, if they get upset with you, look, not everyone in the world's going to like you, are they? If everyone liked you, it'd be a very strange place. I think it'd be boring. Of course and, it would. and I don't think you'd grow. Nah. I don't think you'd grow as a person. No, nah, although I did, I did, um, I did scare the life out of a geezer that, that trolled me once. You're going to love this one as well. I'm going to tell on the podcast. This is brilliant. Do it. So, uh, it's a bit naughty. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go for it. So when we was doing the pillows, we used to we used to give like we do these pillow giveaways, and we go like, oh, like we um, retweet, and we'll pick one lucky follower, and we'll send you like fifty pounds worth of pillows and duvets. And uh, I had this geezer, and he kept sending me abuse, kept sending me abuse, like for no reason, just but horrible abuse. Yeah, like your missus is ugly, like like your missus is ugly. You're a C-U-N-T. If I see you down an alley, I'd like to beat you. Like just, just, but he's always seeing popping out. He's always on Twitter. Like, and then like, I'd go on his, and I see him, and I think he's pretty fucking commenting on my things every single time today, two or three. And I'd go on, and he just an obsession with me. Absolute obsession. Scroll down, scroll down. But he never had no pictures of his face, or like, he, he never had a proper name. So we done, we done a, uh, another pillow giveaway, the saying, yeah? And, the prick's only retweeted the pillow giveaway, hasn't he? And I've clocked it. I thought, he's, he's, look, thanks. Look, the guy has given us all his abuse. Look, he's, he's, he's in the competition. He's winning it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've then gone from the, from the, from the works uh, Twitter page, because obviously not my personal one. I've sent him a DM saying, congratulations, like you've retweeted, we've picked you to be the winner. Like, please send us your address. We'll send out 50 pounds worth of pillars and duvets. Well, he only lived in Reading, which ain't really too far away. And we just kind of knocked on his door. <laughs> Bosh! Right, when are you not? <laughs> when we've knocked on his door, <laughs> he's obviously his mum's answer, didn't <laughs> Oh, so, so she, she didn't get the Bosh. So we, 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 uh, we give it, this is going to sound really muggy, but we give him the fillers. Because you felt sorry for him. <laughs> Was it because you felt sorry for yeah, him? Yeah, he's just a fucking loser. Yeah. But like, we went, so we've driven all the way from Bremen and Essex 
to Reading. Was you tooled up? No, I wasn't tooled up, but I was just going to give it to him and my bottle went. Mm. <laughs> oh, mate, well done. Oh, so yeah. his mum answered the door and then he turned up. Was he? Yeah. No, he's probably about 21, 22, but we've given him, we've given him the, uh, the pillars and I've had a picture with him. Nah. <laughs> did, you, did you even put it on him and say, mate, what are you thinking? No, because he was a fucking goon. Yeah. And he was just like, oh my God, Tom's going to get right. Oh my God, I didn't thought, oh, I can't believe it. Deliver in person. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm a massive fan. And I'm thinking, you've been calling me a fat prick on Twitter. <laughs> well, there's a fine line between love and hate. And also, you've got to remember, jealousy. Yeah. Jealousy is, oh, it's the, it's the, it's the worst disease of them all. Mm. You can have your best mate turning you out of jealousy. As long as you're either neck and neck or just behind people, they're happy. Very few want to see others really excel. This is what I've learned as well. People love to see you found. Love it. But I don't, like, I've always, mate, like, I've, I've never understood this. I've always wanted people to do well. But I like, because I've always found it, the better they're doing, like, the better I can do. And, and it's like a bit of a competition. It's push, push, push. Let's all do well. Like, I've got mates of mine that got their own firms. Like, I'm, I'm behind massively. But I love to go out because I, I can't quite keep up with them. You know what I mean? What are you up to? Oh, I've just bought that new Ferrari, Tom. Wow, bloody hell, I can't get... Well, I'm going to... Well, all right, listen, what can I... You know what I mean? It pushes me on stage, I want to do better. Crack on, I'd love to see all my mates, all of them, do well. And, if they, and look, I'm one of them people. Like, I've got a lot of my friends that work for me. They're part of my family. Like, mm. mate, not just me that eats, we all eat. We all eat at the table just because I'm flying. Don't mean you ain't flying. Listen, come along with a journey. You're my brother, you're my family, you're my friend. You've been with Frick and Fim. We're all on this journey together. Do you know what I mean? There's none of that. No, 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 no. Do you know what I mean? My close lot and my close lot, they are my brothers. But you see people, and I've seen it a lot, of really, really lot, the people that you think are your mates, people that you've given opportunities to, that you've helped out, just want to see you foul. I don't know why. I never understood it. It's jealousy. It's an illness. Je jealousy is an illness. And I don't think people realise they have that illness until they realise that they're in second place. Honestly, mate, I'll tell this, like, there's people that I've looked after my whole life and there's people that I've really put on the map and really pushed them and done well for them and they hate, they hate to see me do well. Like, and, I, and, and that's just life, you know what I mean? I know, I know I've got there for me, I know I've got around me that, that, that I'll always have around me and I'll always look out for when they look out for me, you know what I mean? But there's people that have just took the piss out of me and, and it is what it is, do you know? Because I've always been that person that is the rock. Like I am built a bit different. I will say, I know that. Like, I, I, do, I do not stop. I do not stop. I just keep going. You're a solid old school geezer, aren't you? Just keep going. I should mm. have been born in, like, born in like the 60s. I was going to say yeah. that. You're born, you're, yeah, you're born in the wrong era. Yeah. But thank God that there are people like you that still exist because most geezers now are wearing skirts and... <laughs> well, that's only on Tuesdays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Everything, all this weird shit is all acceptable and no one wants to go and work. Everyone's entitled. Everyone sort of thinks that they should get paid just for putting their hand out. Did you see my tweet when I, when I was looking for a sales, sales um, I was looking for a new salesman. This is about a year ago I'd done this, probably maybe longer, 18 months ago. And I put a video up with a tweet and it basically said, guys looking for a new salesperson, uh, £25,000 a year is basic with 5% commission, on target earnings, if you're good, you can earn 75 grand a year. Fantastic job. No qualifications, just need to be experienced in sales, know what you're doing. I don't care how old you are or where you come from, or what you've done in life, but if you can sell, I'll look at you for having a job. But there's one thing, do not ask me 
how much time a year I get off, yeah? And do not ask me, um, do not ask me what time I finish a day, and do not ask me, uh, what was it? Do not ask, do not ask me how much time I get off holiday. Do not ask me what time I finish every day, yeah? And do not ask me how can I get 75 grand straight away? Because literally, if you're good, you work hard and crack on, you can earn that, bosh, yeah? And I got abuse. How can you not let someone know what holiday time they've got? How can you not let someone know what time they're going to finish every day? I was like, well, if they want a job and they want to earn money and they're good at it, the last thing they want to ask me is, oh, can I have three weeks off in, isn't it? Well, a good salesperson doesn't care what time exactly. they're, they're getting off. They care how much money they can make. Exactly. And exactly. if you're looking for a good salesperson, you've got to put that message out there. Exactly. And I've got absolutely slated, well, it's by law you need to give people two. And I'm thinking, mm. yeah, but by law, I just, I'll give, they can have holiday. But if they ask me as a first question, they're not getting the fucking job. No. Simple as. Like, all of them come in and go, right, how do I get the 75 grand? I want to do this straight away. Like, I want to earn some readies. I don't want to fuck about. Do you know? You want somebody that says to you, Tom, I appreciate, you know, on target earners is 75K, but what, 100, I'm, yeah. what I'm looking for is 100K. How can we talk about me getting there? Yeah. Right, let's have a seat down face to face. If you was looking for a PA, then yeah, this is the holiday you get. This is your sickness pay. But if you're looking for a salesperson, salespeople want money. Exactly. But I was like shocked that 90% of people on Twitter was giving me abuse for that. And I was thinking... That's because 90% of the population are lazy. Yeah, but I was thinking like... Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, it's what can I get for nothing? What can I get? Why is it always what can I get? What can I get? What can I have? What can I get? Mm. Why is the world like that? Why don't... I mean, look, there are... Listen, I can't... Look, there are good people out there. There are graft. There's loads of graft out there. There's hundreds of grafters out there. But there are also people that are just lazy that sit on their backside, that don't just want to poodle by. And that's fine. If you want to poodle by and do that, that's fine. But don't drag everyone else down and give people who want to do well abuse on, on social media for it. Do you know anyone that's lazy that's happy? Because I don't. Anybody I know that's buzzing, that's happy, no. that's enthusiastic, the last thing is they're lazy. I don't know. What have you got to be happy about if you're lazy? You've got no get up and go. You're doing fuck all. How can you be happy because you've got nothing to talk about? I don't understand how people stay in all day in bed. I've never understood that one. I've never understood that There's one. There's so much to do out there. Like, like, um, mate, like if you, if you wanted to have a good day, like you need to get up early. Like you need to be, like, I love getting up early because if you want to be doing what I'm doing, you need to be getting up for. Like if you want to be in, doing success and making sense of yourself, you need to be up while everyone's sleeping. Like I'll make money in the cafe half four in the morning. I'm working, I'm grafting, I'm doing deals. I'm not just sitting there doing a fucking motivational video. I've got my mate Pat coming down, down the road. He's got, I'm, I'm on it. The motivational videos is five minutes of your day. People don't see the other 20, 23 and a half hours, do they? If, like, give yourself, there's not enough time in the day. There's not. Like, when I, when I leave you tonight, I want to get, I want to go and put my little boy to bed. Then I want to get down to the gym because I'm not going to work out. I want to work out. Then I've got to go do a lot of emails and paperwork and shit. You know what I mean? I've got, there's never enough time in the day. I mean, I'll be up to my morning, crack the door, and I've got to do a bit of work before I go to a uh, talk sport. I'm, I'm constantly, constantly on the go, yeah? And I just never understood people go, oh, I ring people. Oh, I was asleep. It's half nine. Yeah, yeah, but I think I'm at 11. What? It's half nine. It's half nine. I've done five hours work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm up at five. Yes. I'm up at five. I write a to-do list. I'm now doing it by the dozen. That's, that's the whole thing. To-do list, plan. I've already set my workouts. So I've mapped out what, what exercises I'm going to do so that when I get there, I haven't got to spend time thinking about it so, I, it so I can get back to work. Yeah, you don't work, you don't get paid. And forget what you see on the internet, like you say. Forget, forget the influencers feeding you bullshit because they want your money to give you a course that you're never going to complete. 
because it's all bollocks. It's all bullshit. Hard work, do not go home until you're proud, job done. And if you want to sit indoors and pull yourself off and watch telly, good for you, crack on. But don't, but don't, no, but listen, but don't try, don't try and tell everyone that they should be, have this and they should have that because you, you're the people that are grafting a pan for you. You know what I mean? Up all the grafters, up all the workers, whatever you're doing, if you're getting up in the morning, you're going to work and you're working up, whatever job you're in, good luck to you. You deserve everything you get. Can't crack on, smash it, go well in life. If you're sitting indoors and you are pulling yourself off, watching telly, on Twitter, slagging people off, you should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> and you heard that here first. <laughs> but do you know what? I am, I'm such of the same mindset, coming from a council estate of absolutely fuck all, at overcoming God knows how many hurdles, jumping through so many hoops. I know nothing gets given to you. And I also know that slagging people off and treading on, on others isn't going to get you anywhere. It's only going to make you more miserable. Because if you hate on someone so badly, imagine how much you're going to hate them when you see them doing even better. Of course. It's just going to, you, you're going to spiral out of control. You're going to be one horrible, miserable, fucking... Lonely. De de lonely, depressed wreck. Because no one wants to be wrapped around somebody that's not buzzing. It's, a, it's, it's filth. It's a filthy environment to be wrapped around all that jealous and, and entitled nonsense, which seems to be trendy at the moment. That's the, that's the mm. problem. I think lockdowns didn't help anybody at all, getting paid to do fuck all. They just got used to it now. Wouldn't work every day doing lockdown. Loved it. So since you've blown up on the internet, all the media channels want you on there, yeah. all the talk shows, all the sports shows, your phone book's now going to be very different compared to what it was, let's say, before The Apprentice. So the circle of friends that you're associating with now, good ones, bad ones, Memorable ones, ones you never want to remember again. No, I think I've got the same mates. But I see you. I've noticed that you've you've got a nice and I, and I love this geezer as well. I was a real fan of him. Just his presence, I feel his energy. I see you and Ryland are good pals. Oh yeah, yeah I love Ryland. Because yeah, you've met him since the Apprentice, didn't you? No, I've known him since I was seventeen. Oh, have you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I thought since The Apprentice. No, 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 right, no, no. Okay. No, he, he wouldn't have me on his Instagram before I was famous. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I've, I've, um, I've, known, I've known Ross, I've known Ryland since he was 17. Uh, so, so is he Romford as well? Yeah, so, so um, ah, he's... How about that? Yeah, he's, well, he's cousin, he's Kimberly, who's my sister, but she's not my real sister. It's like a bit of a... So I grew up in Romford. And then my best friend, Kimberly, like me and her are like brother and sister. Yeah, but we're not brother and sister. We're just mates. I see you call her sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. So like we're like best pals, yeah? We grew up together. Like it's just that we're just fucking good mates. We've always got on, have a really good, like her and my wife are really good friends now. And we, and we go out as a little four ball, her and Rylan and me and Sinead. And that's our little clique. And we go out the four of us. Ah. And they're like a couple, but they're like Will and Grace, them two, yeah? Yeah. And there's me and Sinead, we're the normal ones, do you know what I mean? And, we're, and uh, we're, we just have a proper crack there. Hey, I think, so you've always been good, good mates yeah, as well. Been, yeah, boys with mates, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's extremely lovable, isn't he? Yeah. He's, an, he's another one, because it's not like, I, I don't really watch a great deal of TV, period. Certainly not reality TV. I like TV. that post you got of him when you come in your front door as well on the right. Shh, you've seen the one on my bedside table? <laughs> <laughs> one of his underpants. But no, he's a... Uh, I can see why you would want him in your life. Because mm. he buzzes, doesn't he? He's a good guy. He's got, but he's got a vibe, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he come, when he comes through that screen, he's like, cool, boom, Rylan's here. Well. 
he's tall, he's handsome, he, he's had all his, his hair and teeth done, hasn't he? Jealous, isn't you? About, yeah, but <laughs> you ain't ever going to lose yours, are you? I've got a nice bit of Yeah, you, a lot of this podcast I've been looking at, you've been talking to me thinking, what's he saying? I'm just looking at his hair thinking, fuck me, I'd kill, I'd, I'd kill, <laughs> I'd kill, for, I'd, I'd kill for a strand of it. But yeah, can you see you and him collaborating sort of business-wise? Well, I, I'm, uh, this year, this is going to say, I mean, well, I'm going to start doing the beds again, believe it or not, but not nothing as big. Just like my mate wants to jump in and do so. So we're going to start doing the beds again. I've got my own TV show coming out which I don't want to say too much about, but Ryan will be on there, um, which will be good. This is, I mean, this is the first I've heard you say that, but in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, your own TV show, I said the collaboration, Ryan, yeah. I could see that really working. Yeah, so that, that'd be good fun. Oh, good luck with that. Can't wait for that. Um, and there's nothing you can tell us about that at all. Do you know what? I would love to sit here and tell you, but I don't want them to go, Fucking hell, you just blurred it all out. We ain't going to do it now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're, you're contracted to a channel. Yeah. But let me just say, it's going to be a blinder. Oh, I bet it is. It's going to be. And everyday people are going to watch it and love it. And that's what we need more. We need more everyday people giving back everyday stuff rather than this fantasy bullshit land that people seem to be living at the moment. In their front room, glued to their phone, like you say. Do you know, you know, Dubai, like when you go. So I, I rarely look at my phone. I rarely look at my, like when I say look at my phone, I mean like, I'll go, I'll leave it at the table and I'll look at it, but you won't ever see me like this. Cause I, it, I just don't do that, yeah? Like people go to me, oh, like why aren't you replied? I ain't not replied, I ain't replied anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've always got six, 700 missed calls or like thousand WhatsApp messages. I'm not very good, I can't, sit and look at it, yeah? I like talking to people and shaking people's hands and meeting people face to face. Like, you go on a train nowadays, people don't even look at you. <laughs> like, you walk down the street, people don't even say hello to you. Mm. They're all on their fucking phones. They're like this all day. I don't understand what's happened. You could put on that thing, aliens are invading, never on believe you. Mm. I went to the Formula, Formula E a couple of weeks ago, yeah? I was re I've never been to Formula E. I've been to Formula 1. Formula E is brilliant. It's really weird. It's electric Formula One cars. It's bizarre, yeah? So they've got to try and get on a track without running out of battery. It's really good fun. And I remember doing the grid walk, yeah? I remember putting my phone in my pocket and I'm wanting to, this is like the grid walk. There's big celebs on there. Like it's one once in a lifetime thing to do is a grid walk. And I'm walking down it and I'm looking at the cars. There wasn't one, I didn't have my phone in my wife. There wasn't one other person who wasn't like this the whole way down. Mm. And I thought, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, why are you not looking at it? What, mm. Like, what are you going to do with that video? Think about it. What are you going to do with that video? When are you going to look at it again? You're probably going to look at it maybe once. Might show your mate down the pub a couple of weeks later. After that, you're never going to see it again. So your memory in your brain is looking at a screen on the phone. I would never, mate, I walked, I was touching the cars. I was... Like it's swelling the burning of the battery. Sucking out like, the atmosphere. Yeah, like, mate, why would you want to walk down and look at a fucking six inch screen? Well, but I actually look, he's ringing me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that in. Yeah. <laughs> well, but why would you want to, why would you want to look at it through a screen? If you want to look at your screen, sit indoors and look on your telly. Do you know what I do with 90% of the things I record on my phone? I go through them and delete them. 
Exactly. <laughs> so why spend all that time recording shit when you could be actually experiencing it? Mate, like we've, like, this is what, again, going back to e-commerce, online shopping, why, did you know that this is the first year in the last seven years where more cash has been spent? Really? First year in seven years, they say they're trying to rule out cash. Yeah, people are rebelling, mate. Yeah, people are, but we don't want to be told how to, what we can use to mate, fucking purchase things, do we? People are rebelling. I cannot wait. Cash is king. Never get rid of cash. If, you, if you're watching this thing, push some cash away. Trust me. Because once everything's in the bank, everyone's got full control. They've got full control of your money. 100%. They could fucking lock you down and not give you none of it back. It won't be long, mate. I mean, this is a whole new topic, but it won't be long before they want to start putting fucking chips in us. Well, I hope not. It's only a matter of time, mate. I mean, look where we are now. We're being tracked 24-7. They know where we are just by that device there. Although they'll think I'm about three metres away. Yeah. From <laughs> <laughs> they won't have, uh, have my location. So from here... We have your book being launched on the... 12th of October. Where do you go to buy that? Uh, it's Amazon, but it'll be in WX Smith's, Waterstones. It'll be everywhere from the 12th. From the 12th. But yeah. if they want to pre-order it now... Go on Amazon. I'll just type in Google Graph, Tom Skinner, and there'll be loads of different places. I think it was like third in the charts the other day, so it's gone back up again. But... Yeah, that's awesome. Everybody needs to get real again. Everyone needs to understand that you ain't going to get rich. In fact, you're not even going to be able to pay the bills unless you get off your ass and graft. Hard work, graft hard, believe in yourself and don't give up. Or don't, or go and give it a try. You will never ever know what would happen, what you could be, don't try it. Tomorrow is a new day. You can completely reinvent yourself, you can start again, you can apply for anything you want to do, you can write a plan down. Do you want to be the person that looks back even next week, let alone five, 10, 15 years and be the person that thinks and says out loud around the dinner table, I wish I'd have done that or I could have been that. It's like, well, forget what you could have been. You're the person now that lives with regret. Get up and fucking do something. Go and smash it. Yes. Go and make the day yours. Yeah, smash the life out of it. Tom, I've enjoyed this geezer. I'm glad you come Have on. Fun, mate. Thank you. And I'll be at the launch party. Let's do it. Yeah, good man. Let's do it. Abash.